This is Pastor D.R.E. on the M.I.C. And welcome to Prime Cuts, people. How are you doing on today? I hope that you had a good week on this week. Hope that everything is working out in your favor. I know I've been gone for a couple weeks, and I would love to tell you that I have been gone because I have been living it up. I've been on vacation, you know, getting some rest and and everything else, but that would be far from the truth. Uh, can I can I just be honest with you all? I have been through some things in the last uh, two or three weeks that has really rocked me to my core. It has really hurt me. It has really took the 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 air out of my sails. Uh, it has been a very um, difficult point in my life, but this is where God shines the best. He shines when you're at your at your uh your 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 worst place in your life when you're when you've hit rock bottom is what i'm trying to say that's when god shines the greatest that's when you understand exactly who he is in your life and how powerful and how loving he is uh if it had not been for god that was on my side man i don't know what i would be doing at this present moment there was a gentleman by the name of Carnell who used to go to uh, a church um, that I used to attend when I was a little boy. And he would be so excited about sharing the word of God or giving his testimony. And one of the testimonies that he would always give, he would jump up, you know, he would almost be, be running in place. And he would just say, when I think on the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah i thank you for saving me and man it just becomes more and more alive in me knowing exactly what he meant knowing exactly how he felt the more i live see a lot of times we have a a tendency to praise god for the cars and praise god for the house and to praise god for the the rent being paid or the mortgage being paid and we look at all these uh uh physical things that we can praise god about but i praise god the most for those times when i didn't know what to do for those moments where i felt like i was going to lose my mind and he comforted me for those times when i felt misunderstood when i felt unappreciated when i felt like nobody loved me when i felt like uh uh everyone was against me he he came in and put me back together when i felt broken i know there's somebody out there right now who has felt broken you've had the people closest to you betray you and you felt broken i praise god for those times he put me back together when i was broken i praise god for those times he 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 gave me water in my dry places where where it seems like I would never be able to live again in that area of my life or thrive again in that area of my life. God just just put his arms around me. He spoke a word to me. He His presence just came in the room and just told me that it's going to be okay. Yes, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning weeping may it may endure for a night but joy is promised to come in the morning and so i just praise god for for all that he's done and and i tell you man you just don't know how much strength it took to even cut this mic on 
And I'm only doing this under God's power, under God's grace, under God's strength, under his anointing. It is God that gives me the strength to do what I'm doing right now. And so I just praise God for it. But I'm going to get into the word and I hope that you get something out of the word. I hope that you get something out of this program and, and hopefully uh, we can laugh together. We can cry together if need be, but we're going to have a good time. All right. I'll see you in a minute. Pastor D.R.E. back here with you. Uh, I want to I talk to you on today. Uh, I normally start off with a scripture, but I, I just really want to have a personal conversation with you on today. And, and I'm thinking about changing the format a little bit, and we're just going to see how this goes. But I want to have a personal conversation with you on today. And I want to deal with the issue broken for purpose. Uh, broken for purpose. There are a lot of us who are dealing with situations in our lives right now that feel like we should not be dealing with that situation. There are a lot of us that are being attacked right now and we can't figure out why we are being attacked. Because when we look at our lives, we say, okay, I am a Christian. Um, I pay my tithes. You know, we always got to throw that in. I pay my tithes. I go to church faithfully. What's going on in my life? I'm doing what I was doing when I first got saved, and yet I have this new opposition. Well, I want to tell you on today, before you blame the enemy, I want you to think about this. Could it be that God is trying to arrest your attention? Could it be that God is trying to arrest your attention because he is trying to take you to the next level? He, he's trying to get your attention because where you are in your life you have become too comfortable in that place. See, one of the fatal mistakes we make uh, as Christians, as the people of God, the body of Christ, however you want to phrase it, is that we get comfortable in the place that we are with God. For example, I, I will use this as a, an example in the natural sense. When you get married or when you're thinking about marrying your, your spouse, you tend to learn everything you can about them. You try to figure out what they love to eat. You try to figure out what's their favorite color. You know, you try to figure out why they act the way they act. You try to figure out the, the their nuances. You try to figure them out. You, and, and you make it your business to try to please them, to figure out everything that they love so that you can please them and so that you can have a happy marriage. Well, you know, you get your spouse. They say, I do. You're getting married and, and you're five years in and you're still doing the same stuff you did in year one. That may suffice for a little longer, but by the time you get into some more years, you are going to have to have a refresher. 
you're gonna have to have a refresher like like in in any in any career when you look at a, a doctor or a lawyer or a real estate agent or a teacher or whatever it may be most of those people after they get their degree they can teach for a while but after a while they have to have continuing education and so they're not allowed to uh stay at the same level they were at when they first got the job they got to learn even more they have to do continuing education why because society is always changing things are always changing new revelations are always changing well in the same sense when we come to god it's good that we came to God just as we were, and it's good that we change some things about ourselves, but when God is ready to take you to the next level, or he is wanting to take you to the next level, and you refuse to move, sometimes he might give you a little nudge. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that nudge may come in, in, a, in, in the form of trouble because oftentimes when we get in trouble we tend to turn our face completely keyword completely to god okay god why am i why, why am i going through this what's going on you know we'll start praying that you know whatever the situation that's going on in our lives we'll pray that it stops and then when it doesn't stop oftentimes if you are if you if you have um any discernment you will say okay lord what is it why am I still going through? Because apparently something's up. And so oftentimes when we don't hear God for ourselves, when we don't hear the voice of God for ourselves, then he will send a nudge. He will allow, sometimes he will allow the enemy to attack you just to get your attention. I, I know it doesn't necessarily sound uh, like something you may hear on a Sunday morning, but God will allow certain things to happen to get to get your attention. He will allow certain things to happen just so he can take you to the next level in your life or take you to the destiny. Have you get to the place that he ordained for you to be? Because he loves you that much. He has to, sometimes he has to go to those levels and he would not have to go to those levels or, or, or allow the enemy to, to, uh, touch certain things. If we were, uh, able to tap in to what God is saying, if we were able to tap into what God was saying, then sometimes we could avoid some of the issues that we go through. Case in point, let me just do a real simple one. How many times have you said to yourself after something bad happened in your life? How many times have you said to yourself after something bad has happened into your life, you said something told me not to do X, Y, and Z? Come on now. We've all done it. We've all got that testimony. Something told me not to go there. You know, you end up, you know, uh, um, getting into a, a, an accident and it tears up your car, and you say, something told me not to turn there. You end up getting into some trouble late night, and you'll say, something told me to go home earlier, but you did not listen. Well, in the big picture of things, you know, God is trying to get you to the next level. He's trying to tell you what he wants you to do now or where he wants to take you, He where, where he wants to take you, and because you cannot hear him 
or you refuse to hear him. He allows certain things in your life to happen to give you a little nudge. And so now you'll be on your face before God. You want to see some Christians pray? Let, let them get in trouble and see how much they pray. You want to you want to see people who ain't necessarily serious about Trump, uh, about uh, church. Let some trouble happen on this earth. Let some trouble happen in the land and see how many people go to church. There were, I mean, church attendance after 9-11 was through the roof. When 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 trouble happens, you know, people tend to turn their their face to God. What we have to do is we have to learn how to listen to God even when things are going good, even when things aren't so bad in our lives. We need to be able to listen to God and hear God. It's, it's all about us having a relationship with God. See, those who have a relationship with God can hear God at all times, not just when they're in trouble. Or will hear God, will take the time to hear God because they have relationship. They're not religious. They have relationship. I want to ask you on today, are you religious or do you have a relationship? Let me tell you what religious folk do. Religious folk will go to church on Sunday morning, go there, spend a couple hours doing praise and worship, listen to the preacher preach, go home and live the rest of their week, the rest, the rest of the week, not talking to God, not praying to God at all. That's what religious folk do. Why is that religious? Because they are conditioned to spend time with God or go to, I won't even say spend time with God, but go to church on Sunday morning and figure that's enough. But when you're relational, you'll go to church on Sunday morning, uh, uh, you know, praise and worship him, listen to the preacher. And then Monday morning or Sunday night, you're talking to God. Monday morning, you're talking to God. Monday afternoon, uh, Monday evening, and so on and so forth. You have a constant dialogue, constant communication with God. And so those people who have constant communication with God, those are the people that, have, that avoid a lot of pitfalls in their life. We could avoid so many pitfalls in our lives if we just had a relationship with God. But unfortunately, we have a lot of people who are religious and not relational. When I was when I was thinking about this word, he was giving me this word. One of the things he said to me, he says, religion blocks the move of God. Religion or, re, or a religious mind blocks the move of God. Why? Because a religious mind is conditioned to only think one way. A religious mind is conditioned to think, you know, God only does it this way. And if he doesn't move that way, then it's not God. But someone who is relational who has a relationship with God, will understand that there are many sides to God and God moves in so many different ways. And that, you know, his, his word doesn't change. The uh, Let me put it like this. The outcome doesn't change, but his tactics to get you to the outcome may change. Oh God, that's so good. His word doesn't change concerning you 
or concerning us, but the road you travel might be different. Case in point, you know, some things he, he you know, he was able to do in 1950, you know, that may not work now. Let me put it like this. The way the word got around in 1950, you know, when the radio was big and when TV was just coming on the scene, well, that might not be the best way to to get the word out now because we have so many different platforms. You know, we have everybody has a mini computer in their pocket. You know, a lot of people don't watch TV anymore. You know, so his word doesn't change, but how he gets the word out may change. The 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 thing that he has said concerning you may change, but uh, or or doesn't change. But how he how he blesses you or gets the information to you or gets whatever he needs to get to you may change. Let me give you another example. There are many of us, you know, who may have grown up in church and we've heard this testimony where. You know, we gave uh, to the, you know, we, we gave an offering and uh, uh, we prayed to God and or, or they prayed to God and and uh, they needed to have their rent pay, paid by a certain amount of time. And so uh, someone came up and handed them a check for eight hundred dollars, you know. And someone made a, may have came up and said, the Lord told me to bless you and gave them exactly the amount of money they needed. And that's good. Praise God for that. But God may not come through. Uh, God may not meet your need by speaking to someone to give you a check. He may come to you. He may want to resolve your issue by giving you an idea on how to make $800. And guess what? How to make even more than that so you won't have that same problem later. Because God doesn't just, you know, he, he can he can fix your problem today, but then he can also fix the problem that you may have forever. You understand? It, it's it's kind of like the difference between being sustained and being prosperous. Yeah, sometimes he might sustain you, but there are other times where he really wants to prosper you, uh, um, taking care of your issue forever. All I'm trying to say is, that God will sometimes come in other ways. And if we are not, if we are not um, in tune with him to hear what he's saying, then we may miss the way he's trying to come. And so that's what I mean by having that religious mind. It blocks the move of God. It puts God in a box. And so when we don't hear God, then he may have to allow certain things to happen to us so that we will seek his face. You know, we know how to seek his face when trouble comes. A lot of us, we seek his face when trouble comes. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven through nine says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. 
We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. In other words, he's saying we are jars of clay. We we are frail. We 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 don't have any strength of our own, but the power of God uh shows himself by us being um sustained. It shows us uh it shows his power by us, even though we're going through uh, these situations, even though we're hard pressed on every side, even though uh, we were uh, perplexed, we're not in despair, we're not, we're not crushed, we're, we're not abandoned, even though we're persecuted, we're, we're, we're not destroyed, even though we're struck down. You know, we have those moments, but because we have a God, a mighty God that we serve, a God that loves us, a God that will never leave us nor forsake us, we are able to, to survive in the things that were meant to kill us. And so by the time we go through all the things that we go through, we will know without a shadow of a doubt that God is real. We will know without a shadow of a doubt that, that he cares about us. We will, we will get to the place where we will say to ourselves, I need him. You know, I was telling, telling you at the beginning of this podcast, I was telling you that I was having a very rough time. I mean, a very rough time. I'm talking about one of those times where you just kind of stare at the wall and, and you know, you just, you, you, you're, you're paralyzed with just circumstance and, you know, and, and so I, I could have stayed in that in that predicament and and uh, probably would have if it had not been for God. It was not until I got in the presence of God that things began to change in my life. See, you can't really get in the presence of God. You can't get in the presence of God and and leave out the same. Oh, you can go to church and leave out the same, but you cannot get in the presence of God and leave out the same. And so, and so it took me getting in the presence of God for the healing to begin in my life. Oh God, I'm just going to go off script for a minute. I, I, I wonder how many people who are listening right now can honestly say that I need to be healed from some things. Oh, people don't know what I'm dealing with, but I need to be healed from some things. I got some open wounds right now. I need to be healed from some things. They've been open for so long that they've become infected and it's affecting my whole body and my whole spirit. And I don't know how much longer I'm going to make it. I need God to heal me from some things. Listen, the only way you're going to get healing in your body, in your spirit, the only way you're going to get your life to turn around is if you get in the presence of God. You got to get in the presence of God. It's 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 not it's not something that can be negotiated. It's not something you can do by yourself. If you could get better by yourself, you would have done it already. But you got to get in the presence of God. 
I want to get in his presence. I just need somebody who's listening to me just to say that to yourself. I want to get in his presence. I, I need to get in his presence. You know, my father had a song he would sing a lot of times. He would he would sing the song that said, I need thee. I need thee every hour. I need thee. Lord, bless me now, my Savior. I come to you. I need thee. And the quicker we find out or we recognize that we need him, the better we, the, the, the quicker we can come out of our situation. But are you going through some things right now? Because God has been trying to get your attention. He's trying to get your attention. Don't think it's the devil all the time. It, it, it just might be God trying to get your attention. Because he wants, he, he wants to take you to the next level. He wants to show you the error of your ways. You've gotten too comfortable where you are. He wants to show you the error of your ways. When you look at Acts 9, um, 3 through 6, I believe it is. Acts 9, yeah, 3 through 6. And it talks about Saul who would later become Paul, who was on the Damascus road. He was on the way, Saul was on the way to killing Christians. He had gotten uh, permission from the high priest to kill Christians. And so he's on the way to, to do uh, what he was assigned to do uh, or, or granted to do. And so he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. You know, Jesus, there's a, a shining light, the Bible says, and he falls off his horse and Jesus appears to him. And he said, why are you persecuting me? He said, why are you persecuting me? And so Saul has this, this divine meeting with Jesus and, and it changes his life forever. Why did that meeting have to happen? Because he had gotten too comfortable where he was. See, see, Saul or, or Paul, as we would know him, was uh, in Judaism. Which means he believed in the Old Testament. But he didn't believe in Jesus. Just like some church folk, they believe a lot of the old stuff, but they cannot believe that God is speaking something new on the earth. And so he had gotten comfortable and, and quite stubborn in the place that he was. And he felt like he was so good and he was so right. That Jesus had to meet him on the on the Damascus road, and 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 notice what Jesus said. He said, "Why are you persecuting me?" He didn't say, "Why are you killing my people?" He said, "Why are you persecuting me?" That just shows you how much God uh, 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 God thinks of you. Jesus thinks of you that He looks at you as Him. If they mess with you, they mess with Him. If they persecute uh, you, they're persecuting Him.
He had to have that moment. Because if Paul does not have that moment, he will never become the apostle that he became. If Paul does not have that moment, if his life is not interrupted at that moment, most of the New Testament will not be written. Rome will not know anything about God. Paul, by a lot of arguments, is probably the greatest apostle besides Peter. But if he does not have that moment, if God doesn't interrupt his life, then he cannot really tap into who Jesus is, number one, and then who he is. Has God interrupted your life? You know, I'm a big, I'm a big uh uh wrestling fan, or at least I was. I'm I'm still a pretty big wrestling fan. Uh, but a lot of times when you look at the bottom, they're getting ready to have a big event, the card will all it will always set the at the bottom, card subject to change. And that's what how we need to look at our life. Our, our life is subject to change. We might think that we're in the place that we need to be. We might think that our life is pleasing to God, but God may say, I, I want more of you. He didn't say you sinned. I want you to get out your head that just because you're not sinning means that you're pleasing God to the to the fullest. That That's not true. What pleases God is doing what he told you to do. What pleases God is becoming what he called you to be. Just like any other father. I'm I'm happy. <coughs> I'm happy if my if my kids aren't out there acting stupid. But I would be much happier if they are productive and if they are successful. You understand what I'm saying? It, it's not that I, I, I love them that they're not making a fool of themselves. But I would be more proud if they become something great. Oh, I just want you to tell yourself there's greatness inside me. There's greatness inside me. The issue is I got to get it out. I got to get this greatness out. I got to get it out. So before you say that the enemy's fighting me, just think about it. Could it be that God's trying to get my attention? Maybe I need to seek God more. Because apparently something's not adding up. You start having these strange, I mean, these strange hardships, strange things be happening. I mean, you're falling out with people that you 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 did nothing to fall out with. You might need to go to God and say, God, what's going on? You know, things that you used to be able, and I've had this happen to me. I, I believe that God will gift you 
uh, or anoint you to do your job to the best level uh, that you can. And I've been on jobs and I'm number one, very productive. And then it gets to a point where it's like, I've lost the ability or the anointing to do that job. And it's not because I'm lazy. Please understand, I'm not a lazy person. But I ask God to make me productive. I ask God that I be a, a, a shining light on the job. Not only just telling people about him, but my work shows, uh, my work is is top notch. And so I can brag on him and not brag on myself. I can brag on him. But there have been, play, been points in my life and I'm like, okay, this just isn't flowing right. I can always tell when it's not going like it normally goes. And I have to, I have to, you know, step back for a minute and say, Lord, what's going on? Am I not supposed to be here? Did I not do something you told me to do? What is it? So all I'm saying is, before you blame the devil... Maybe it might be a sign that God's trying to get something to you. He's not trying to take anything from you, but he's trying to get something to you. All right, back with you. Time for some headlines. Um, been going for a minute again. There's a lot that's been going on. So I'm just going to touch on a couple of headlines that I saw. Here's one that I saw, um, and this is from TheHeal.com, and I didn't even know this. Maybe you did, but I didn't know this. So apparently, there's this young woman who is getting ready to lose her home because she owes $83,762. Um, how did she get this debt? The debt came from her being in jail. So she's been in jail. She was in jail for uh, two and a half years for drug crimes. Um, what I didn't know is that they actually charge you a certain amount of money each day while you're in jail. I had no clue. So apparently, every day she was in jail, uh, the system was charging her $249 a day uh, for her incarceration. Uh, I did not know that you had to pay per day when you are put in jail. I just didn't know that. And so apparently, now this is in Connecticut, but apparently almost every state has the same uh this, this same action. Um, most states, from what I read, uh, the little that, that I did read, most states do not go after the money like that. But apparently, Connecticut ain't playing. So she got arrested for, for drug charges, two and a half years in prison. She had to pay $249 a day uh, for her incarceration. Uh, and so once she, her mother passed and, and, uh, left her the house Connecticut says I want that money 
So that's how she came up with her bill being $83,762. She is about to be homeless. Um, what do you think? Is it should it be like that? Do you think that's fair? Um, you know, she did do a crime, but she also paid her time. Should we charge them each day to you know carry out their sentence and I understand that we want, we don't want the taxpayers uh paying all that money but you know $249 a day um that's a little steep that's a little steep I I don't know how to feel about that 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 was just a strange story to me uh but the fact that she's paid her debt to society um is one thing but she now has to pay her debt to the prison system of $83,762. I don't know if you heard about this, but there has been a big water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, Jackson, Mississippi had an issue where they were um, hit hard by weather. And so now the Pearl River flooded and it caused the water supply treatment facility to fail. And so now people in Jackson, Mississippi do not have any what they call potable water. In other words, they can't flush their toilets and they don't have any water at all in their sinks. And the ones that did get water, you know, some have have started to get water, but it's not water that you can drink. It has been reported that that water is muddy uh, that it is straight sewage, uh, and so it has been a disaster in the capital city, Jackson, Mississippi. Um, it's 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 really bad. And the thing about it is, when you read the article, this is courtesy of CNN. You can check out the article if you want to. The the thing about it, when you read the article, is that many of the residents say are saying that there has been a problem for years. For years. Isn't it something, you know, when something like this happened, a catastrophe happens like this, and then all of a sudden, you know, when the rest of the world hears about it or the rest of the nation hears about it, we think it was just one thing, but actually this has been an ongoing problem, and they just tried to patch it up, and they just said, you know, like a lot of us do, we'll get to it, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Now when they get hit with all that weather, that bad weather, the systems fail, and they did not do any um, any uh, prep or, or, or anything, and so uh, it has caused a problem. Now the, the entire capital city is without water, and those who do have water, they can't even drink it. They can't even drink it. So what? I mean, what can you really? What can you really do? They're they're down to bottled water, and then it also goes down to it. Kind of goes into the reasons why it it happened. You know, it talks about how um, Jackson, Mississippi, is the only capital city that has lost population. Um. A lot of southern states, their capital city is actually booming. They are the, they are the one that's actually losing people. They also talk about uh, 
you know, there has been, um, you know, what they call white flight. You know, a lot of Caucasians have left the area. And so, you know, they've moved into cities around the capital city and it has left a lot of uh, African-Americans in the capital city. The problem is most of them don't make the money that, you know, your Caucasian brothers make. And we could discuss why, but, you know, that's another discussion for another day. The bottom line is Jackson, Mississippi is in trouble. And so they're using bottled water if you can find it, you know, because it that has become scarce. And so it, it's just a mess. They're estimating to get the the uh, facilities back up. It's going to be, you know, up to about two billion with the B, two billion dollars uh, to actually get it up and running properly. Uh, and here's another thing I, I, I would like to touch on. Why why was it ignored for so long? You know, I don't like to be one of those people that put two and two together, but you have you have what they call white flight where a lot of the wealthier um, people of that city moved out of the city. And you have your low income African Americans staying in the capital city the capital city and yet nothing gets done um, just something to think about this is Jackson Mississippi just something to think about not trying to say too much but it, it does make you wonder uh, also if you did not know uh, employment has officially gotten back to pre-pandemic levels uh so the great resignation where people were quitting their job uh i won't say it's over but it seems like it's starting to even out now and so they're talking about how it's back up to pre-pandemic levels the job market you know as as far as how many people have jobs is back up to the pre-pandemic level um and and there's a lot of reasons why you know yes COVID has slowed down a lot, but you got to think about this as well. You know, during the pandemic, a lot of people were involved in the great resignation where people were leaving jobs that were, that were underpaying them and that was taking up all their time. And so as a result, a lot of these companies had to um, reevaluate how they do business and really have to focus more on taking care of their employees. And and quite honestly, for those people who were looking for a job in this uh, two year period or year period, it was almost like a bidding war because a lot of jobs that were paying, oh, $8 an hour started paying 12. A lot of jobs that were paying 16 started paying 20, 21. Uh, started offering more benefits, uh, started giving sign-on bonuses, $5,000 sign-on bonuses. I mean, it became a very uh, big bidding war in in some regards. And so, you know, this just shows you what can happen when people say, I'm fed up. 
you know now the great resignation didn't work for everybody because some people didn't have a plan uh but for those who who were just really like i'm fed up i want more time with the family i i know my worth in this market they greatly benefited benefited from this time you know we talk about the pandemic as a bad thing but it was not all bad because it made a lot of people and a lot of companies reevaluate how they do business and i can tell you that from personal experience it made a lot of companies reevaluate how they do business how they take care of their employees and how important their employees are everybody wants to be appreciated you know what i'm saying so um good to hear that also one one final thing i thought this was this was uh i, I just thought this was this blew my mind so let me finish let me read you this story i'm not going to read you the whole story but let me just tell you what this story is about this is from blackenterprise.com and it is talking about an 88 uh an 88 year old woman who was shot while visiting family her name is uh carrie barnhill from Colorado, uh, apparently that apparently her family that was uh, she was visiting got into it with the neighbors next door, or something happened next door, and the neighbors started shooting. And she laid down on the ground and played dead. Okay, and so while she's playing dead. Uh, apparently the gunman came and shot her uh, in the foot uh, in one of her feet and then shot her twice in the other foot and she still laid there as if she was dead now that's a tragedy I hate that she got shot but man I tell you I don't know too many people who could sit there and get shot three times and not move. She's an OG. That's all I'm saying. She credits her her training from the Air Force uh, back in the day for, you know, giving her the quick mind to play dead and even how to deal with the pain. And because she did not move, she survived the shooting. Uh, I believe the article says that her sister died, but she survived the shooting. She's in good spirits, and she has already said she's forgiven the person who has shot her. And if that's not a person that knows God, I don't know what is. Okay, those are your headlines for the day. Hope you enjoyed them. I see you in a minute. so glad so glad i made it i made it i made it i made it listen y'all don't know what today has meant to me just doing this podcast what is meant to me uh to celebrate small triumphs let me tell you something always celebrate small triumphs celebrate small victories in the world that you can be so frustrated and so uh beaten down it's important that we celebrate small triumphs and so i'm just celebrating today um man i feel good so listen 
I'm going to leave you with a quote I heard from uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. I was I was on uh, on Facebook and this happened to come across my feed. And, and I really want to do a, a, a show where I take quotes that people uh, make, whether they be uh, preachers or hip hop artists or whatever it may be. There's truth in it. And I would love to expound on that. Maybe do a show about that. Maybe a 20, 30 minute show. I don't know. But anyway, let me just tell you what this quote said. Bishop T.D. Jakes said, if you limit your expectations, you will limit your frustrations. And that is so powerful. If you limit your expectations, you will limit your frustrations. In other words, if I if I stop expecting you to be a certain way, then I won't be frustrated when you disappoint me. And and it's so funny because I I, I posted something similar to that before I ever saw this clip. Uh, but it is so true. What frustrates us the most is when we put expectations on people that maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't trust people the way we do. Maybe we shouldn't, you know, I know the Bible says love, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself and love your enemies and everything else. But maybe we shouldn't put an expectation to be loved back, you know, because once I put that expectation that you're going to love me back or respect me back when you when you don't meet my expectation, that's when it hurts. That's when it frustrates me. That's when it angers me. And, and so we have to learn how to limit our expectations of people. You know, <laughs> because, because, listen, when people hurt us, who does it really affect? It doesn't affect them because nine times out of ten, they're, they're not concerned about it or they don't know about it. You know, they they just they go about their life. But the one who was expecting more is the one that end up being hurt. So I think we have to limit our expectations of people. You know, the Bible says uh, in Matthew, I believe. It's Matthew 16 or 18, one of one of those chapters. But you'll 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 be familiar with this verse. It says, or this saying, it says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Sounds like a good verse. Sounds like a, a saying to live by. But notice what it says. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It doesn't, it didn't say that they would. It, it just says, do unto them as you would have them do unto you. It didn't say that they would. It's just you, it, in, in other words, you have to do your part. And then just let the chips fall where, where, where they may. 
I, I can only answer for me. That's all I can answer for. If I respect you, I'm not respecting you, respecting you because you necessarily respect me at the same level. It's just because I respect you. I would hope that you do, but but how you treat me can't be the focal point or the reason why I treat you the way that I treat you. I just have to treat you that way because that's how I am. And and so when you really think about what Bishop T.D. Jake said, it's, it's just so true. And, and when you stop, when you limit your expectations of people, you live so much more you you live so much more of a peaceful life you don't you don't get hurt as easily because if i don't expect anything from you or you know even with this if i just recognize who you are and how you are then then when you show me you know in real time that you know what you showed me was correct then you know I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be hurt because that's what I expect from you. You ain't never been respectful. You know, you've always been a person that failed me. And I recognize that. So when you fail me, it doesn't hurt. Learn to limit your expectations of people. If you limit your expectations of people, I didn't say you couldn't have any expectations, but if you limit your expectations of people, you eliminate you you will limit your frustration. And so when they when when they don't do right, it won't hurt as bad because you expect it. Learn to do what you do because that's who you are. Not because you're looking for the same in return. All right, just repeat after me. I believe that God's word is true. It is the final authority in my life. Therefore, everything that God has said concerning me shall come to pass. You all be blessed. Y'all have a great weekend. Talk to God.